We looked at two weeks ago in Psalm chapter 19. We looked at the communication of God, how God communicates with His creatures. And we looked at how God communicates through the skies. The heavens declare the glory of God. Amen. The firmament showeth His handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech. And there is no place where their language is not heard. Amen. Then we looked at God communicates not only through the skies and creation, but communicates through the Scriptures with His commands. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Amen. Then we looked at not only how He communicates through the skies in creation and the Scriptures in His command, but He communicates to the soul in His creatures. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. And remember what He said there in Psalm chapter 19, verse number 14, let the meditation of my heart and the, word, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. Never forget that God communicates with us that He would have communion with us and that we would be changed because of His communication. He doesn't just communicate us just to say hi. Amen. He wants fellowship with us and uh, such a blessing. I think if you were to ask believers throughout the ages, and maybe we'll have this in heaven, I don't know. There'll be plenty of time, I know that, because there won't be too much time, amen? But I, I wonder if you were to poll the believers throughout the ages and say, what are the most comforting or beloved scriptures? Well, I have to think John 14 would come to mind. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be always. Maybe verse 27 of John 14, Peace I leave with you. My peace leave I with you. Not as the world give I, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Perhaps that would be one. I think of Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I think of the passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51. I, I quoted it at Mrs. Alcock's grave on Friday. <clears throat> Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. <clears throat> this corruptible must put on incorruption. So when this corruptible must put on incorruption, then shall be brought to pass the saying, death is swallowed up in victory. O grave, where is thy sting? O death, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Thanks be unto God which giveth us the victory. Those are, those are comforting scriptures. Hey, how about this one? For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I think of Hebrews 13.5. Anytime we do a, a, hey, give me a promise. You know, we'll have to say, hold up your hands. Give me a promise. Inevitably, somebody comes to Hebrews 13.5. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. 
And on and on we could go. However, there is perhaps no more comforting passage than the 23rd Psalm. Spurgeon has called it the pearl of the Psalms. Alexander McLaren, a great preacher of yesteryear, said, The world could spare many a large book better than this sunny little psalm. It has dried more tears and has supplied the mold into which many hearts have poured their peaceful faith. William Heslop wrote, This boundless, immeasurable, and unlimited song of the shepherd has breathed solace into the souls of saints for 30 centuries. In this priceless pearl of the sacred scriptures, there is bound up enough comfort, encouragement, and consolation to meet the needs of the people of God in every age and everywhere. It unveils God's care and concern for all the converted and cleansed sons of toil. For spirit, soul, and body, in time and eternity, here and hereafter, every need has been anticipated and suitable provision made. The majestic 23rd Psalm. Let's look at some some things tonight. We're really, and, and boy... This, this series on the Psalms, I promised myself it wouldn't be 150 weeks, but I don't know, maybe 180, I don't know, amen? Because <laughs> uh, we're, we're going to linger a little bit in this Psalm tonight, and uh, we're only going to look at verse 1. That's all, just verse 1 tonight. And really, only about the first half of verse 1. <laughs> and that it simply says this, the Lord is my shepherd. Notice with me, A picture of the shepherd. The picture of the shepherd, number one. Let me me just tell you about this picture of the shepherd through the Scriptures. First of all, the demand for a shepherd or the demand of a shepherd. I read an interesting book years ago. I've recommended it uh, to several folks. If you you have somebody that um, uh, maybe is agnostic or atheistic and uh, uh, they'd be willing to read something, I came across this book years ago, and it's, it's by an author named Richard Wormbrand. Matter of fact, I think I recommend a devotional to you, Brother Jeff, amen, uh, Wormbrand. Uh, and Richard Wormbrand is a very interesting uh, Christian in, in history. He was a, uh, a Lutheran pastor, evangelical Lutheran uh, pastor in Romania. And in 1948, two communists came to his door knocked on his door, and took him. And for until 1964, he didn't see his family again. Did you catch those dates? 1948 to 1964. His children were little when he was taken. And he was taken, and they tried to brainwash him. They tried to get the faith out of him. But they couldn't. And he wrote a book, a very, very interesting book, and it's called My Answer to Moscow Atheists. 
And what he did is, in I, I believe in the first chapter, first two chapters, he talked about the reasonableness of atheism. Now, don't stone your pastor right now, okay? I don't think atheism is reasonable. But what he did was, he said, if you look at the world absent of a God, having a God view, he said atheism can be very reasonable in the fact that there are earthquakes, there are deaths, there are, and, he, and he went on and on and on about this. And then he gave his answer to Moscow's atheists. And his answer that proved that atheism was, was not was a very, very simple thing. It was the sheep. Because atheists believe in survival of the fittest. Correct? And so his answer was the sheep. And this is where we get at our demand for the shepherd. Uh, he said, and he basically pointed out that sheep should be extinct a long time ago, except they have a shepherd. Can I tell you something about sheep? Sheep are dumb. They're, they're dumb. They, they just do dumb stuff. I, I literally saw a video, a reel, something, where this shepherd, uh, Brother Jim, the sheep was in a little culvert on the side of the road, and the shepherd got up underneath him and really lifted him up and put him in the street, and he went like this, and jumped right back into the culvert. I mean, just as dumb as could be. Sheep are not only dumb, sheep are defenseless. They have no natural, you think about in nature, different things. Uh, I think about growing up where we did, we had a big cliff on the side of our, the mountain we lived on. There was shale and uh, there was copperhead rattlesnakes up there. And you know what the rattlesnake, the rattlesnake's defense is not the venom. The rattlesnake's defense is when you get too close to it and it's a little unhappy with you, it lets you know. It's a defense. Yeah, you ever, ever seen a turtle? We had a huge turtle in our, in our pond. Uh, it passed away last year. I had to take it out, and it was just floating there. But the shell, you know what a turtle's defense is? Just get right in that shell. You know what a sheep's defense is? Boo. That's the sheep's defense. They're defenseless. They're dumb. You know what? Sheep are distracted. That's why they have to be led to green pastures, because, oh, oh. What was, what was I doing again? Oh, now, now some of you are identifying with this, I can tell, amen. <laughs> sheep, you know what else sheep are? They're directionless. They have no GPS whatsoever. They'll just wander around. You know what, really, when you think about it, sheep are dependent, aren't they? There's a need of a shepherd. By the way, what we laugh and all that, never forget in the New Testament, God compares His people to... <laughs> We're compared quite accurately to sheep. We, by the way, we repeat errors, don't we? We wander. We are easily led astray to where we can be attacked. Remember what Jesus said to Peter? Satan hath desired to sift you as wheat. Remember what Peter would say later, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Never forget the verse in Isaiah 53, 6, all we like have gone astray. We've turned everyone to, our own, to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Someone well said that's the only verse in the Bible that starts with all and ends with all. The demand 
of the shepherd in the picture of the shepherd. Then there's the duties of a shepherd. If you'll uh, read through your Bible, I'll just give you the references tonight. You can look them up on your own. But uh, what are the duties of a shepherd? A shepherd was to lead sheep to water, Genesis 29 Verses 2 and 3, remember when Rachel came with the sheep to, to the well there? What was that for? To lead the sheep to water. Uh, listen, a shepherd was to defend sheep, not only to lead them to water in one of their duties, but to defend them. Remember what David said? I kept my father's flock, and a bear came, and a lion came, and I dealt with them. Why? Because it's a shepherd's duty to defend the sheep. So uh, duties of a shepherd to lead them to water, to defend them. Uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 39 through 41 tells us that one of the duties of a shepherd is to find pasture for the sheep, to lead them to food. We learn in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, that remember the shepherds when Jesus was born, what were they doing? They were keeping watch over their flesh. You say, what is that? To guard the sheep. Forgive me, how many, of you, how many of you remember the Looney Tunes with the two dogs that clocked in, Brother Jim, they clocked in, morning Sam, morning Ralph, amen, and, and one of them was a sheepdog, and it was great because he had no, you know, his hair went over his eyes like this, and he just kind of lifted up like this, and as soon as he started sheep disappearing, boom, 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 and he'd go out there and take the other guy, and, you know, listen, listen a, shepherd's, a shepherd's job is to guard sheep. Hey, staff. Don't forget, you're a shepherd. Don't forget, you're a shepherd. Pastor Brent, you're a shepherd over those teens. Pastor Alex, that college and career, uh, we're, we're shepherds. We're to guard sheep. I, I'm, I'm careful. I'm careful about who comes in. I can tell you this, as your pastor, I'm careful about who becomes a member. Not everybody becomes a member. Why? Because I take that pretty seriously. To guard them, to find pasture for them, to defend them, to lead them to water. How about Luke chapter 15? He just sung about it. To seek after the ones that go astray. To go and bring them back into the fold. The ones that will come back. Some won't. So there's the picture of the shepherd. There's the demand for the shepherd. There's the duties of the shepherd. And then there's the description of the shepherd in the Scriptures. The Bible gives us a good deal of information about shepherds, both good and bad. And it's, it, very simply, it's this. Good shepherds are faithful. Good shepherds are selfless. Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. And he said, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. So good shepherds are selfless. Good shepherds are faithful. Good shepherds like David with the lion and the bear are courageous when the time calls for it. Bad shepherds in the Bible, and there, it, many bad shepherds are referenced, particularly I think about Jeremiah, references the shepherds, are the exact opposite of all those things. Good shepherds are faithful. Bad shepherds are unfaithful. Good shepherds are selfless. Bad shepherds are selfish. Good shepherds are courageous. Bad shepherds are cowardly. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep like the shepherd does. So, the picture of a shepherd. There's the demand, there's the duties, there's the description. 
But then in our text, we see, number two, not only the picture of a shepherd, we see the perfect shepherd. The perfect shepherd. And what is that? It's those first two words of your text. The Lord. The Lord. That word, when you see that word Lord in the Old Testament, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, it is the word, it's the proper name of God. It is the word Jehovah. Jehovah. The existing one. It's used 510 times in your King James Bible. And so David here, it tells us in Psalm 23, this Psalm of David, David, a a shepherd himself, amen, says and sings praises and confesses that his shepherd is none other than God Almighty, the Lord. The Lord. In the New Testament, and we're going to look at these verses in the New Testament and don't, don't have a long message tonight. We're going to look up these verses in the New Testament. Jesus Christ, God the Son, is described as a shepherd. So go with me over to the Gospel of John, please. Gospel of John, chapter number 10. And it's very interesting, some have drawn parallels between... Psalm 22, 23, and 24 with these three titles for Jesus. Very interesting. Wouldn't surprise me at all. John chapter 10, look at verse number 11, please, church. We're going to read down through verse number 16. Jesus says, I am the... So the first aspect of the perfect shepherd is He's the good shepherd. He's the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep. This is a cowardly shepherd, a hireling, somebody that just gets it, gets a check and that's it. The wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. Can I, can I stop for a moment? Let me, tell you, let me just tell you a little bit about our two pastoral staff members in my interview process with them. And by the way, this goes back to Pastor Donald and Pastor Mark. The first question I ask on an interview is this. If God were to call you here and things were to get tight financially, would you be willing to work a job? If they say yes, we continue with the interview. If they say no, we say, have a nice day. Because somebody who says no is a hireling. That's all they are. They're just looking to cash a check. Thankfully, our staff did not say that, and I think we all know that. They care for the sheep. They care for those that are underneath their care. The hireling doesn't care because, forgive me, he's just a check casher. He's just doing it because it's his job. There's a big difference between a calling and a job. Big difference. And he goes on, he says, verse 14, I am the good shepherd, and I love this, 
and know my sheep. We're going to come back to that next week, Lord willing. And am known of mine. The Lord is my shepherd. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And here's you and I, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, verse number 16. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. What do we learn here? We see the good shepherd giving his life for the sheep. If you were to go back and read Psalm 22, we didn't look into Psalm 22, but you will find Psalm 22 is very often called the crucifixion psalm. It starts off with that verse we know very well from the New Testament in Matthew chapter 27, verse 46, when Jesus cried, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So this perfect shepherd, the Lord, is my shepherd. In the New Testament, he's known as the good shepherd. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. We see not only is he the good shepherd, but we see another title for him used in Hebrews chapter 13. In verse number 20, church, the picture of a shepherd, there's the demand for a shepherd. Why? Because sheep are dumb, they're defenseless, they're distracted, they're directionless, they're dependent. The duties of a shepherd, they're to lead them to water, to defend them, to find pasture for them, to guard them, to seek after them when they go astray. The description of the shepherd, they're either faithful or unfaithful. They're either selfless or selfish. They're either courageous or cowardly. The perfect shepherd, the Lord, He's the good shepherd. In John chapter 10 and Psalm chapter 22, Look at verse number 20 of Hebrews 13. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting God. So he's the the good shepherd in John chapter 10. In Hebrews chapter 13, he's the great shepherd of the sheep. That points us to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord. We're, we're going to talk about this, this statement even more next week. I don't, I don't have time to really linger like I would like. But he's not only the good shepherd giving his life for the sheep, he's the great shepherd gathering the sheep together. Think about it, ladies and gentlemen. Think about all the congregations that are meeting and asking the shepherd to bring them to pasture. To, to, to lead them beside the still waters so that they can feed and drink with their shepherd guarding over them. The perfect shepherd, he's the good shepherd. He's the great shepherd. And then one last verse here. Go to 1 Peter chapter 5. He's the good shepherd in John chapter 10. 
along with Psalm 22. He's the great shepherd in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. 1 Peter chapter 5, if you look at verse 1 there, it says, The elders which are among you I exhort, which also am an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Uh, Peter is, is admonishing and exhorting pastors here, and he says, Look, I'm like you, I'm a pastor. And he says this, Feed the flock of God which is among you. Shepherding, right? Telling the pastors, make sure you feed God's people. Taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly. Not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Neither as being lords over God's heritage. God, help us, deliver us from pastors who are lords. I am not your lord. I am not a lord over God's heritage. Listen, sometimes I have to take stands that are unpopular. Sometimes I have to say, this is going to be how we're going to do things here. But I am not the lord. I'm just the leader. There's a difference. And then he goes on to say, Neither is being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, he shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Jesus is the good shepherd that gives his life for the sheep. Jesus is the great shepherd that is feeding and leading his sheep to water. And I'm going to tell you something else, ladies and gentlemen. He is also the chief shepherd that will soon appear and gather his flock together. Glory. Glory. What did David say? He said, the Lord is my shepherd. We didn't even get into that. All we got into was the first two words tonight. Next week, we're going to look at not only the picture of a shepherd, not only the perfect shepherd, but we're going to look at the personal shepherd. It doesn't say the Lord is the shepherd. He says the Lord is my shepherd. Shepherd. My shepherd. What a verse. What a verse. What a chapter. Come back next Sunday night. Amen. And we'll continue on. Father.